I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. We're all writers. Whether you consider yourself one or not, the fact is that in life and in business, we all need to craft our message on some media on a regular basis. So have you ever sat in front of a computer for what seems like a ridiculous amount of time looking at a blinking cursor taunting you from a blank white page? Or worse still, written word after word after word only to promptly circle back and delete word after word after word? Now, American poet Maya Angelou is quoted as saying, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And in today's show, I feel my guest really understands that on a level greater than most. Her own story has plenty of twists and turns, but as you'll hear, it is her ability to own and tell her story that has made her who she is today. And taking that one step further, she's now committed to helping others beat the burden of that blinking cursor and tell their stories more effectively. I'm excited today to welcome my first guest to engage with story, and it is Caroline McCulloch, aka Kaz McCulloch, an award-winning content marketer, author, podcaster, and now startup founder of Writerly, an awesome resource which provides customized writing prompts known as recipes to help you structure your content writing and blogging. In this interview, Kaz shares with us why telling good stories is so damn important in the first place why you shouldn't be afraid of telling stories in your business blog, how story recipes can help spark ideas for your blog, and then we dive deep into a basic structure that every good story should have. So let's get into today's chat with Kaz McCulloch of Riderly. So Kaz, welcome to Engage With Story. Thanks for being one of my first guests. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So for the listeners who don't know uh, much about you, um, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what's brought you to, to where you are today? Um, in my intro to you there, I, I mentioned Writerly as your latest tech startup, but um, can you maybe give us a little bit of a backstory into to, uh, how you've got to where you are today? <laughs> I'm laughing, latest tech startup, because um, it makes me sound like I've had lots of them. And this is honestly my first tech startup. Before that, I was just doing consulting work as a content marketing strategist. So, um, yeah, that's funny. But thank you for that. That's a great title. Sound, yeah, it makes me sound really important. And, and you know, any tech startup founder would really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I oh, I don't know. My story is kind of very long and long-winded. So just to cut to the chase, I, um, I started out in marketing – many, many years ago, I always knew that I wanted to work, I guess, in a creative way. I wanted to, I always wanted to work in a creative industry. I wanted to write. I knew that from a very, very early age. And, uh, I remember a journalist coming to a high school actually, and he really put me off the whole idea of journalism. He showed up in his like funny looking pants and his weird looking tie and, <laughs> and told us all that journalism, um, was, so, so hard. And I remember walking away from that going, oh, I don't know if I want to be a journalist. But then later on, I discovered brand journalism and I ended up working 
in a PR department of my college that I went to in the US. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved writing. I loved researching. I loved going and talking to people about their stories and gathering information. And I had some really interesting ones. There was one guy who tried to convince me he was super wealthy, but he was going to college, (laughs) you know, it's kind of a cover for his, his very wealthy life. And, and he was a pathological liar. And we ended up, um, not writing about it in the college newspaper, but we exposed him for what he was. And, um, yeah, so I had some really interesting experiences like that, but it was, it kind of just gave me this real love of story and this love of telling these stories and, and being creative in how you express yourself. And, you know, fast forward to my time as a content marketing strategist, which I've been doing for the last, I don't know, five or six years. And, one thing I've noticed about the way people write about themselves and also their businesses is that it, a lot of the content they put out there lacks just good basic storytelling. And I think it's so important. I, I think it really is because if you don't tell a good story, people aren't going to be that interested in what you have to say. That's right. Story allows people to care on a, on a different level, don't they? Definitely, definitely. And and that was the thing for me, I think, you know, throughout my life and everything that I've learned in my life, you know, sometimes I, I did crazy things like replay the story in my head <laughs> and think, how would I write this if I was writing a movie about my life, you know, and that may sound really self-indulgent. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I don't know. It's just my brain just doesn't shut off and, and I can't help but think about, you know, how can I express this in a more creative way? So that's kind of what drives me, I guess. <laughs> That's why I do what I do. Yeah. And, and in your experience, what do you think it is about, about story and that, that idea of, of story that people either, they either embrace it or, or they sometimes kind of uh, reject it um, when it comes to, to crafting a message for their business or, or in telling their life story? Um, do you find that people sometimes, they, they either embrace it or reject it? And why do you think that is? Oh, that is such a good question. Yeah, I I think they definitely do. And I often have had the comment because I know when I started my um, initial blog on content marketing, which was on my personal domain, um, and people were some people made comments that my stories were too personal and and that I should be more professional. People actually said that. Mm. But you know what? Uh, My website would ranked really, really well for my key terms, even though content marketing was a really competitive term, I ranked really well. And I never did any formal SEO. I never did anything like pay people thousands of dollars for my SEO. I just wrote from the heart and I used natural language and I told good stories and many of my posts went viral. And as a result, you know, I had a really wide readership and I was able to build a pretty strong list. I just think that if you ignore the power of story, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, people are, you know, part of the human condition is we're intrinsically nosy, aren't we? We, we care about what's going on with other people around, around us. And I think that that's part of what engages with a good story is that idea of, uh, nosiness, like really just, you know, wanting to experience what other people are experiencing in their life. 
Yeah, totally. People like to be a fly on the wall and they, they want to know your news, whether it be good or bad. I mean, it's funny, you know, whenever something bad happens to somebody, have you ever noticed how many people come out of the woodwork to pass comment, whether negative or positive or supportive or not supportive, um, everybody comes out of the woodwork. And it's the same for when people have really good news. Uh, for instance, last year when I, I won funding for Riderly, um, people were commenting on my post on Facebook that I had probably never had an online conversation with before. And I thought, who is this person? Um, it's really nice that they're congratulating me, but who is this person? And that happens a lot. So if we always take that middle road, then, you know, it's kind of just, yeah, to people and they don't really, they're not really going to care. Yeah. I'm going to jump, jump back a little bit here. And, um, you mentioned the, you know, how you, you started to build an understanding or, or an interest in story, you know, based on, uh, based on that reporter or that idea of what reporting was. Um, but, but Prior to that, even earlier, like in your in your formative years, I guess growing up, like what is what did story mean to you as as a kid, or was there any any deeper stories there? Yeah, well, I grew up on a farm, and I don't know, I don't know if my, <laughs> I think we had a pretty free and carefree kind of existence, and I just had a wild imagination, and I would make up things that to this day, I do not know for sure if they were real or not real, <laughs> like seriously. And I think story has just always been a massive part of my life. And I've always had a wild imagination. I've always been making up stories, even, you know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes they'd be so convincing that I convinced myself that they were real. So I think it's just been an intrinsic part of my childhood and my entire life. And I think too, just having had some of the experiences that I've had, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know that I grew up in a cult. My mother joined a cult when I was, I think, eight years old. Mm. And so I had that experience of being in this really strict religion for many, many years of my life. And then um, you know, I've had a lot of other stuff happen. We survived two bushfires. We've, um, you know, we've, we've had lots of other things happen in our lives. Well, I have definitely. Um, but I don't know. I think we can, when we dismiss the things that are important or that shape us, then we're kind of denying that story from reaching its full potential. And when we tell stories about our lives, whether they be good or bad, it's really helpful to other people because they can then identify with you and they can, it puts their own lives into perspective. I guess it's kind of like when you, when you're having a bad day and you're, you're whinging and complaining about things. And then all of a sudden you see someone in a wheelchair and it just puts things in perspective. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess it's the power of of owning your own story, of 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 understanding and, and respecting your story. That you know, what it, whatever it is that's that got you here to where you are, and um, and owning that story and not and not uh, hiding from that. Yeah, and I guess the point I'm trying to make with that is that if you don't share those stories, all the things that happen to you, whether they're good or bad, then you're kind of denying people an opportunity to get to know who you are and what makes you tick and how you think. Yeah. 
and and building a relationship with you or understanding you or even seeing how you relate to them and their experiences and stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as you've moved on to to what's keeping you busy today, you're a an awarded content marketer, you an author, you've, you've written a book, you've uh, like you said, you're now a tech startup founder of a content marketing startup, Riderly, so, and a podcaster as well. So what, <laughs> through all of those things, uh, there's a clear thread of story. But for you today, like what's the role of story for you now? Like, what does it mean to you now? Uh, story for me, I, I just love, I love it when people share their blog posts with me who've used my app to create them. And because I put a lot of and just months and months of research into creating the story elements that go into every single blog post recipe that we create, uh, just to explain um, to listeners who probably don't understand what I'm talking about, uh, we provide structural frameworks for different kinds of blog posts. So if you're writing, say, a how-to blog post where you're going to tell people how to do something and you want it to be a beginner's guide, then you'd have a certain type of recipe that goes with that. Um, and we call them recipes because you kind of mix and match the ingredients according to what people ask for and what they, what their different taste is, I guess, in terms of what they like to, how they like to be perceived in a blog post. Um, so recipes just kind of seemed like a really fitting term and, you know, but that would be different if they were say writing a research review where they were reviewing the latest research on an issue and that blog post would have a completely different recipe to a beginner's guide. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, story for me. So if I can give people structure that underpins their stories and that helps bring those stories to life, uh, and then they share them with me, then I love, I love it. I just cannot tell you how many times I've cried (laughs) when I've read a blog post someone sent me. And I know that sounds really, I don't know, it sounds pathetic maybe, but it really affects me because I know how hard it is. There was a woman the other night. Um, she has Australia's only all-female plumbing business, and that is an incredible awesome. story in itself. Yeah. yeah. So she showed up to my event and she said to me, "Look, I, I'm not good at blogging and writing. Um, I'm going to give it a crack, but I'm really, I just don't feel confident. I've written three blog posts and I've deleted them." And she sat there and she wrote a blog post and she sort of sat off in the corner and she looked really frustrated. And I went off to see her and I said, you know, can you, can you tell me what's happening for you? And she said, I want to delete this. It's terrible. And then I looked at what she'd written and oh my goodness, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I said, look, I can see that you're feeling a bit frazzled. How about you just send it to me on the email? I'll have a look at it. I'll zhuzhi it up a little bit and then I will um, send it back to you. And then whatever I send back to you, I want you to promise me you're going to publish it. And so she did. She promised me. And I did that. I, I fulfilled my promise to her and she published that post as a Facebook page post. And it was quite a provocative post about feminism. Um, which was amazing considering that she deleted all her previous blog posts, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And she had like, it was shared like 14 times. She had like over 20 comments on this Facebook page post. Um, It was amazing. It was just amazing. And some of those comments were a little bit narky and negative, but 
you'd expect that because of the, the subject matter. It was a thought leadership style post and it was she was making a stand about a really important issue to her. Um, I was so proud of her because she was just going to go and delete that post. Yeah, and I love that. And then those are the those are the posts or the articles or the social media updates that that stand out and and I guess stand the test of time as well. They they last in people's uh, consciousness and memory longer. Um, you know, on that, like when you talk about Ridley and your and your recipes that that form the basis of the Ridley service, um, you know, can you maybe talk us through how that that recipe approach or that that formulaic structure can work, you know, like it did there uh, with with that particular uh, a writer. Can you talk us through how it, that formulaic approach can still be engaging, or or do they all just end up sounding the same? Well, they don't end up sounding the same because every story is completely different. We're not telling people what to write. We're not giving them the words. All we're doing is giving them a framework to support them, to help spark ideas. And sometimes people will take that structure and go, oh, I don't agree with this intro. I want to write something different. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's still achieved the goal of helping them break through that writer's block, which really is a massive, massive time suck. And I read some research recently about that. And it said what it is, is it's not so much writer's block, it's creative block, where you just find it hard just to get started. And it can take people up to two hours just to get started on a blog post. And I I read that for small business owners, it can take up to six hours. That's almost a whole day's work to write one blog post. Unless you use a structure, unless you have some kind of framework for your blog posts, and that cuts down that time dramatically. And it means that you can get on with the business of actually creating a story rather than sitting there staring at a blank screen going, oh my God, I don't know what to write. And so it's not really formulaic in, in that, you know, every story is about something completely different. So even if I gave the same exact same blog post recipe to two different people, their stories would be completely different because they're writing them, not me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. They're bringing some of themselves to it, aren't they? Yeah. So all I'm doing is reminding them about what's important to keep in mind. So keeping the reader front and central is so important. And so many people, particularly in business, don't write for their readers. They write for themselves, what they think they need to say. They talk about features rather than benefits. They talk about something completely irrelevant to the reader rather than focusing on what the reader needs to learn or what the reader's pain points are. So all that structure does is just remind them to keep their eyes front and center on the reader and to write in a way that's going to appeal to the reader. And the results that we've had have so far have been phenomenal. Like I've already got three case studies where people have literally made a bottom line return on investment from using writerly recipes. And that to me is, I'm amazed actually. (laughs) I shouldn't say that maybe, but I am. I'm amazed because some of those people have only just started blogging. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's unheard of. Like people blog for years and don't make a return. So the fact that they can blog, do their third blog post and make money out of it, that's incredible. I would love for you, if you can, to to unpack somewhat one of those case studies, if if you can, because um part of the 
the reason behind the Engage With Story podcast is to really explore how stories move people to take action and, and taking action which results in a bottom line shift is is exactly what what this is all about. So um, can you unpack any of those case studies for us somewhat? I sure can, yeah. Um, so one of the case studies, I actually did a video case study on this. You'd probably laugh, Ben, if you saw the video because I know you're into video no big judgment. time. No judgment. <laughs> I just, I've learned something now, you know, when, you, when you're interviewing someone, look at the camera because it just makes it look really weird when you look at the person. But anyway, um, I did this video case study. It's on my writerly blog and with Monique Speakman, she's a, a speech pathologist. And she and I had ages ago discovered that there weren't many speech pathologists or any speech pathologists actually putting out social media content on a consistent basis or writing blog posts. And so Monique um, decided she was going to start a blog. And it's it's been hardcore for her because she's busy. She is so busy and she runs a very, very busy um speech pathology clinic. Uh, she's got a few people working for her and she's got three kids, two, two of them twins. So her life is completely full. And so when Riley came along, she was like, yes. <laughs> so she jumped in and she requested a recipe and I'm trying to remember what kind it was now. Um, I think it was explain like a how to post explain one concept in depth. I think that was the post style that she chose and she just blitzed it. Like she wrote an epic blog post about lisps and cause it was such a common problem. As soon as she put that out there, it just went nuts. Like she just had so many people getting in touch with her after she wrote this blog post and it was incredibly detailed. It told a really good story and basically it just answered so many customer questions about that topic. You know, things that people would normally pick up the phone to talk to her about, they could now read in a blog post so that when they actually go to make that call, they're not calling to ask more questions. They're calling just to make the appointment. How much time is that going to save her in the long run? I mean, it's incredible. It's a game changer for her because she, um, she's now had 10 recurring clients come on board. So that's 10 more people she's able to help with this problem um, as a result of that one blog post. And she's just put out her fourth blog post and that too has gone pretty nuts. It's already had a thousand views in a, like in a day, in her first day. So <laughs> she's, um, she's on fire. And I was so pleased because, you know, it's not, necessarily all about the revenue it's about helping people but yeah of course she needs to keep her business afloat and she wants to help as many people as she can through her business so you know for her to get 10 new clients they're recurring clients at at least 150 dollars per hour um that is such a good investment when you consider that you know doing a writerly recipe you know our at the moment our beta price is like not even 20 dollars a month us so that's a huge return on investment for her. Yeah, it's all about providing value through your content, through the stories that you're telling in your content. And I always talk about um, with our clients the the goal of educating, informing, or inspiring people through your content, whether that be video content like we work on, or or your written blog content, or your social media posts. If you're not educating, informing, or inspiring people, then what's the purpose of that? And if if you can't provide that sort of purpose or value, then people aren't going to want to engage with you further. 
Yeah, yeah, mm. that's really true. I put it in a slightly different way. Um, we talk about blog posts that attract and that nurture and that convert. So every okay. marketing goal should have a set of blog posts that does each of those three things, every single marketing goal. So, and this is what a lot of people don't think about. They don't take it that one step back and go, well, why am I writing this? You know, they put blog content out there because they think, oh, I've got to put a blog post out this week because it's got to help my SEO and, and I've got to be consistent. And they put all this pressure on themselves without understanding why they're doing it. So I think that it's important to understand that your blog should have a strategy behind it and make sure that you're not just putting content out there for content's sake. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the strategy. Now, just before you go, I want to just unpack story structure with you because obviously uh, through your, your writerly recipes, there's there's structures in place there. But is there, can you share with the listeners a either a generic story structure or a, a general approach to how to find a good structure for your story when you are blogging? Yeah, so probably a good place to start is just looking at different types of introductions because once you get through the introduction, uh, the rest of it seems to just kind of flow. And, you know, there are going to be common elements between all the different story structures that we do. There are very subtle differences, um, but sometimes those subtle differences can save someone a lot of time, you know, particularly if they're writing very different blog posts. I had a request today for a satirical blog post that was sarcastic. <laughs> okay. That's probably the hardest, the hardest Satire one I've had to and do. Sarcasm. So sat, it was satirical, yeah. but it was also sarcastic. And I honestly don't know if I pulled that one off, but I gave it, I gave it my best shot. And you know, but then most people will just want to write a how-to style blog post where they just write a basic, what we call a listicle. Um, so for a basic listicle, I have read some listicle posts that I think are garbage and they're usually just a one sentence question and then just a list and lots of images. And they've got lots of backlinks to lots of different websites and they may bring in some traffic, but in terms of providing a reader with a good reading experience or creating loyalty and nurturing a relationship, absolute crap. Like I've seen somebody actually sent me a blog post or no, their blog, they were a podcaster and they sent me a direct message on Twitter. And this is really, I don't mean to sound really horrible, but I actually, he asked me his opinion, my opinion, sorry, of his blog. And I looked at all the posts. I actually went and had a look at it and I said, well, Every single post was a list post, every single post. There wasn't one personal story. There wasn't anything engaging about that blog at all. It, it had all been written by someone, you know, someone else. It was really clear to me that he had not written any one of those posts. And so I got back to him and I said, look, you know, great effort. Um, but I've got to say, where's your story? I, I don't know who you are from your blog. Okay. And I never heard from him again, which is okay. kind of sad. He Why do you ask someone? He rejected the storytelling, didn't he, like we talked about at the start? Well, to be honest, I think it was one of those automated direct messages. I don't think he was actually there and I don't think that he would actually care what I had to say about it. But yeah. I thought, well, you know, someone asked me, I'm going to answer them. Yeah, you're going to dig in. Yeah. So to get to answer your question, though, sorry, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. Oh, <laughs> 
the basic structure any good story should have. So it should have a compelling introduction that invites the reader in and gets them wanting to know more. So the intro is everything. Um, There are many different ways you can you can write an intro, you could ask a question, you could set the scene with a little story about somebody or even about yourself. Um, you could have the first act of a personal story that you're going to flesh out throughout your post. Uh, you could do like a shock the reader style intro where you lead them down a path and then all of a sudden um, reveal something completely different that you're going to talk about. So there's many different ways that you could write a compelling intro. And what Ridley does is it consolidates, like we've got like over 40 different intro types that we could use in any one blog post. And um, so I have fun picking and choosing what we're going to use, (laughs) particularly when people request similar style posts. And I go, oh, they've already used a one question intro on that post type. Um, so we need to mix it up and give them something else. And eventually we'll automate that so that the system will, will recognize when somebody has requested something similar. Um, cause the last thing we want to do is give people the same recipe over and over again. Um, but in the middle section, so, okay. So we've talked about intro, but in the middle section, so that's where you want to kind of explain why the issue is important, the problem or aspiration. Why is it important? to the reader, not to you, to the reader. And why should they care? And then from there, you want to create a plan for the reader. So you want to actually give them steps or ideas on how they can address that problem or aspiration. And then, um, maybe share your thoughts on that and then close it off by doing a call to action. So that's a very basic structure. Um, but a lot of those things are in almost every single post structure that we do, but we include a lot of other elements depending on what people ask for. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, that's the generic structure, I guess. But to really get down to, to create each new, new post with a good structure, um, you really need to be tapping into Riderly's resource, uh, I would say, or uh, do a lot of work on becoming an expert writer. I am not going to disagree with you there. I'm not going to disagree with you, but mostly because I've seen how much it helps. And that was my goal. You know, I would be at the other end of the phone when people would call me in frustration because they, they know that they have to blog, but they just are frustrated with the whole process of it. And it's kind of getting people over that line. And to me, you know, I see it as something that can really transform the way people put together their business content uh, and um, make a difference, you know, and actually reach more people that care about them. So wouldn't we all be better off, you know, if we're living in a more prosperous, abundant world? That's what I think. And that is a really nice spot to end this interview today. So Casper Cullock, thank you for your time. Um, so we can learn more about you over at writerly.com, W-R-I-T-A-L-L-Y.com. Any, any other places where we can find out more about you or that's the best place? That's the best place. And um, I've also got a personal brand domain, which is just kazmacullough.com. And it's the Irish McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H.com. And I, I have a podcast that sits on there. Awesome. Your podcast is possible. And uh, I've listened to a a bunch of episodes there and some fantastic. So head on over and check out Possible Podcast as well. Thanks for coming on Engage With Story. It's been awesome. Thank you. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Kaz McCulloch, founder of Riderly.com as much as I did. I can tell you I've been using Riderly myself for a couple of months now and I'm seriously blown away by the level of detail and customization that's been built into the service. I've had recipes created for everything from podcasts, show notes to thought leadership blog articles and case studies. So I encourage you, look, head on over and grab a free recipe at writerly.com. That's W-R-I-T-A-L-L-Y.com. I really hope you're enjoying Engage With Story and I'd seriously love a review or any comments to be shared over on iTunes. And reach out anytime on Twitter at Engage underscore Ben. And remember, the show notes can be found over at engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast. Now, the next episode is already live as part of the podcast's launch, so don't wait. Head on over and listen now to episode three of Engage With Story, where I'm going to dive into using story to design your brand with a legend of brand design and a New York native, Philip Van Dusen. And finally, to end the show on a quote once again, this time by a legend of radio, Ira Glass, who says, great stories happen to those who can tell them. So hit that subscribe button and I'll see you in the next episode.